Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to Macabre Minds, a true crime podcast. And welcome back to part two of Jack the Ripper. Yes. Oh my gosh. He is one messed up dude. Yeah. For sure. Um, So where did we leave off? So we left off with me talking about Leather Apron and how that event led into the letters starting to come out. Um, Mm -hmm. And we... (laughs) Turns out, you know how I had said, oh, I think he's like, he works in a slaughterhouse, whatever. No, I made that Oh, yeah. That was false. Ah. (laughs) After that, to correct myself. (laughs) So um, he made shoes. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Totally different. Okay. Yes. Very, very different. <clears throat> so the um blood on his knife that they had um was actually like rust and like polish from the shoes it was not real oh blood he did not work in a slaughterhouse so <laughs> no oh and i can see like it's not like they have the the special lights you can shine on it or whatever to know if it's blood right uh, back then no um what is it luminol whatever yeah yeah no no so yeah i just pulled that out of my butt last time i guess <laughs> <laughs> not true well i'm glad i'm glad we fact checked that because otherwise i'd have been like hey this leather apron dude uh <laughs> kind of checks out hmm. yeah let's let's look into this a little further actually <laughs> so yeah um so where we left off yes i was introducing that dear boss letter that was yes given to the police dear boss so, dear john same thing dear john by taylor <laughs> swift no just kidding. um that letter was received on september 29th 1888 and this is what it says dear boss I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron gave me real fits. Pause. If you recall that line, which is something um, the Yorkshire Ripper had uh, played off of, if you remember, the gave me fits kind of thing. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, Okay, continuing. I am down on whores and I shan't quit ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How they can catch me now. I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me and my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Meaning blood. Um, oh, okay. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. Haha. <laughs> the next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send them to the police just for jolly. Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give it out so straight. My knife's so nice and sharp, I want to get to work right away when I get a chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Um, yeah. What a bizarre. Not- yeah, very... Weird. Um, and yeah, this was written. All of the letters that they got were written in red ink to kind of give off, like, I'm crazy. This might be blood kind of vibe. Yeah. Well, like, that's really interesting that he specifically says, I tried to use blood, but it became too thick because, like, blood does coagulate. Yeah. And so whoever wrote that either actually did try to use a vial of blood which however the heck they got it doesn't mean that that's definitely jack the ripper um Mm -hmm. or they just know they work in the medical field already or something where they know that blood coagulates or they're a butcher or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah maybe whoever wrote this then would know Mm -hmm. that and it's weird that they say dear boss because then throughout they're like i i know you're trying to catch me it's not like he's like saying like acting like he's doing the work for them so it's yeah. weird that they would write it dear boss is there some kind of 
did they is there some reason why um because it was addressed to like the chief inspector so like the boss of the police i guess oh i see so not his boss but dear boss of this right yeah i see and then there's a postscript that says they say i'm a doctor now (laughs) haha so that's he clearly knows that people are speculating that he's someone in medicine or a doctor blah 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 and just a little comment on it but not any confirmation or anything about it i'd like to hear like what a true unless you're you might end up having something later on but like what a true criminal profile based off of what we know now would be on who this jack the ripper is yeah because Um, is he the type of person that they suspect would be out in public you know talking to people and hearing all these rumors or is he kind of a recluse on his own i i do actually have um i'm not gonna like say it until like part three probably but i do have um the fbi actually have a whole what do you want to whatever you want to call it case file on jack the ripper that they did in 1988 um and i those records are for the public so i've read them and they do have a whole criminal profile the fbi does on who they think this guy is and what kind of person they thought he was based on what they know of the case so i will share what the fbi thinks or who the FBI thinks it is and everything later. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. They then, do yes, they that's... did a whole criminal profile on him. So yeah. Yeah, I'm I was thinking, I mean, obviously somebody has to have over the years. And mm-hmm. this is this is something that's been studied for yeah. years after currently even. A lot. Yeah. To this day. Um The police were very skeptical of the letters, of course, because they've been getting so many fakes. But one day later, after this letter came in, there was a double homicide of Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes. On September 30th, at about 12.30 a.m., PC William Smith was walking down Burner Street and noticed a man and a woman at uh, Dutfield's Yard, which is where Elizabeth Stride's body was later going to be discovered. Um, The man appeared to be about 30 years old, small mustache, about five foot seven, um, dark clothing, and the woman was Elizabeth Stride. And anytime someone describes seeing this man, they... uh, describe it about the same age the mustache and the height so that all adds up which i mean could potentially you know it's, it's not like he's probably the only person who's like that height with a mustache whatever but it does add up each time someone thinks they've glimpsed him um, hmm. um they weren't doing anything suspicious so he kept continuing down his route but then Israel Schwartz saw a man and a woman at about 1245 at Dutfield's yard and insists he saw, knew it was Elizabeth Stride. And the man he described is about the same mustache, light brown hair, about 5'5", five, five maybe, maybe 30 years old. Um, and he says he saw this man toss Elizabeth to the ground and thought it was kind of a domestic dispute, decided not to get involved, and he crossed the street to avoid walking by them and disappeared down an alley so not gonna, let's just ignore this assault happening um israel also said that a second man was nearby and began to follow him so he panicked and ran off and was not pursued but he claims there was potentially a second person who was maybe involved or just another creepy person on the street at the same time so interesting they all very interesting for one the fact that both of them like both these men that saw 
him talking to Elizabeth in the field or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to give some type of description. I mean, anytime somebody's able to give a description of someone they see shocks me. I, like, I really genuinely don't think, even if I saw the person and thought, okay, I need to memorize their face. Mm-hmm. Like, like, have you ever seen that episode of The Office where no one can remember if Stanley has a mustache? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen it. I've I've watched The Office. I go to bed watching it every single night. I've seen it a million times. Uh-huh. And every single time that episode comes on, I am like, wait, does he have a does mustache? Have a mustache? Yeah, I never exactly. remember what the result is. And uh-huh. I never think to pay attention. So it's like, unless they have like a super distinct mustache or like i'm not gonna be able to tell you how tall someone is yeah by seeing someone unless they're like insanely tall Mm -hmm. or short i mean it's just we're programmed to not really pay attention to things that don't like specifically matter to us you know like right so is that just like a a now thing like we have our noses and our phones i don't are paying more attention to other things i don't know because even the other day I was I was walking out of work and somebody had their door open on their car and they were watching a video and I was hearing like a lot of gunshots in the video. I don't mm-hmm. know what they were doing. But then I'm thinking afterwards, I'm like, you know, it's really sketchy like to be sitting there in a like I think they were smoking, but like just to be hanging out in a hospital parking garage listening to like watching videos of guns shooting Mm -hmm. like what are they why like just why you know whatever and i was i was thinking you know i think it's just because crime junkie this person was probably just watching tiktoks having a smoke before their drive home yeah but (laughs) but but also you know you have that that thought of people whenever you hear something kind of sketchy and i remember thinking like i continued to walk and I got in my car afterwards and then kind of started thinking about what I just heard. And I could not even tell you what color the car was or what the person even somewhat looked like. Yeah. At all. Even yeah. after seeing them like 20 seconds before. Your brain just like doesn't, I don't know, like doesn't think like, oh, I should be remembering this right now. You just remember like the incident. You don't remember details or at least in my case like I have a hard time yeah so that's what always amazes me with these stories where it's like and these are the these streets are not well lit no No. yeah it's like early in the morning still dark out yeah so how are they able to even see people's faces I don't know they all don't have glasses (laughs) I don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do they all have 2020 vision like night vision i don't know yeah crazy um or maybe because it was so bizarre they remembered it but i don't well, know that pushing her down that one i like what israel yeah uh, recounts but the other guy like that just that amazed me right just a passing yeah i wouldn't remember that at all no uh, Elizabeth's body was found at a 1 a.m. So she had been murdered between the time that Israel saw her at 12.45 and 1 a.m. So that's a span of 15 minutes um, between when he saw her alive. Um, a man named Louis or Lewis, I'm not sure, um, found her on the way home. He took a candle out to see her better and saw that there was blood and that her throat was cut and he immediately left to go find the police and pc edward spooner sees her body next so he had this lewis or louis had left to go find somebody and somebody else stumbled upon her um and he found that her body was still warm and that the gash in her throat was about two inches wide and that's when he is joined by two other constables, P.C. Lamb and Collins, um, who were summoned there by Lewis. And then they are instructed, they instruct everyone to leave the body just as it is. 
and Dr. Blackwell arrives and declares Elizabeth was dead only for about 20 to 30 minutes. And at this point, it's like 1.15 a.m. So she had been dead 20 minutes, really. 20 to 30 minutes. Um, That's crazy. Mm-hmm. The inspectors woke the residents in the area and questioned everyone, but they had no leads, could really find nothing worthy of being too suspicious, and her body was removed from the street at about 4.30 a.m. So they left her out there. I mean, there were people, like, standing guard, but while all these interviews were having were being conducted of the residents on the street, they, like, had her body just out there, which is, like, kind of crazy, but also makes sense at the same time. Um, yeah. That's just creepy. And what they didn't know at the scene of Elizabeth's body, at more or less the same time, the body um, of Catherine or Kate Eddowes was being found across town. Or not really across town, just like a couple blocks over, really. Um, Catherine, the night before she died, was making a drunken spectacle of herself and she had laid down in the street to go to sleep and the police hauled her up and put her in a cell to kind of sober her up um pc george hutt checked in on her several times and in about 12 15 a.m he saw that she had woken up and she was singing in the jail cell and he watched her for a little bit to see how sober she was and then at 12 55 a.m he released her and said, just go straight home, go to sleep, sleep it off, go home, basically. Um, and she headed off toward Mitra Square. Um, and then PC Watkins was making his rounds of Mitra Square. I think that's how you say it. It's M-I-T-R-E. So, apologies if that's not correct. But um, at 1.30 a.m., he swore that the square was deserted, and he continued on his path in the other direction. And about five minutes later, three gentlemen leaving a club saw a couple together, a man and a woman. They got a brief glimpse of the man's face and said he was about 30 years old, five nine maybe um and had a small mustache and um they left the square and about 1 44 a.m pc watkins returns to the square and sees Catherine's body in a pool of blood and her clothes were hiked up around her waist um which the timing of both of these is just so wild because it- back to back yeah, which means immediately after he killed um, Elizabeth, he had to have walked a few blocks over, met up with Catherine, and then killed her within like an hour, an hour and a half That's maybe nice. at the most. Yeah. My my guess is that, you know, he did whatever he did over there, and then he was like kind of retreating and... I bet she was still a little drunk and she mm-hmm. might have stopped up. Uh, she might have approached him even. Yeah. And then it was like she was just a victim of opportunity for him at that point. Yeah. Like I can't imagine they had time to arrange a meeting between them. So, yeah, I would believe that. Yeah. I bet she went out to try to either drink more or make a little bit of money. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, which is Whatever. so sad. Like maybe if the if the constable, like I'm not blaming him or anything. If he had held her in that jail cell for maybe another 20 minutes, maybe she wouldn't have stumbled across him. You know, even even if it had been like five minutes, you know, it's just yeah. one of those things where you it's never just know. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Okay. Let yeah, me you really never, never know. So the doctor proclaimed life extinct for Catherine, and she had a thrashed windpipe and thrashed blood vessels. So they were, like, 
severed. And mm-hmm. her official um, cause of death was a hemorrhage due to the severance of the left car- carotid? Carotid. Carotid. I know that. Artery. I know you know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, What happens with, like, the medical terms? I'm like, yes, that's how it's pronounced. And then I go to say it, and I, like, completely forget, even though I know it. I know I you've definitely threatened my carotid artery before like (laughs) like I feel like that's something you've said to me like or you've definitely threatened my jugular I'm gonna yes put you jugular (laughs) I don't know I know that it's my (laughs) (laughs) go-to I'm not Jack the Ripper I promise (laughs) I've just grown up with Emily that's all we fight like (laughs) sisters or fought like sisters yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um my sis my my own sister would attest to that too. Yeah, sure Oops. she was. <laughs> she definitely probably threatened yours. She'd be like, remember when you used to choke me when you were mad? <laughs> no. Oh. Violet. Oh, Ellie. Okay. I'm sorry, Ellie. But <laughs> well my sister literally told my mom that she thought that i needed to go to anger management classes uh and it was specifically after an incident where i chased her around the house trying to hit her with the metal part of a belt (laughs) oh my god and who can forget didn't you stab her with a nail in the back one time Literally, we have that on video. Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> um, I was like, I think I was probably Jill's age. I was probably a little <laughs> over two when we were building our house. <laughs> and yeah, Kim was doing something, pushed me out of the way to uh, nail where I was trying to nail, hammer, <laughs> wherever. And uh, yeah, so I went over to the box of nails and picked one up and Stuck her in the back, <laughs> but she was fine. I didn't like. Obviously, really, everybody it wasn't. Out okay. It wasn't a deep jab. No, it was just a poke. And then uh, she goes up to the camera, "Mommy, that hurt." <laughs> oh, sisters can fight dirty too. You yes, know? it happens. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, sorry for that. Um, Anywho. really, that was a yeah, that was a. We were really off. I don't, how'd that start? I don't know. I'll li- I'll find out when I edit this later. It's anyway. pronounced carotid. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. Anywho, so that's how she died. Anyway, let's get back to the point. Yeah. Okay. So, at the exact moment, um, that Catherine was probably, um, talking with her murderer, um. Three city detectives, Daniel Hulse, Robert Outram, and Edward Marriott, were um, orchestrating plainclothes patrols. So, like, you know, policemen in just regular clothes um, out on the streets, um, just a little bit towards the city's, like, eastern area, um, because they were all panicking and in a tizzy about Elizabeth's murder, just a just over on the east end um and somehow that murderer had managed to slip past them during all of that um and head back to the east end which is just baffling because like all all these people patrolling and no one saw anything of note apparently and he he didn't have to travel that far and you'd think with the police everywhere, he wouldn't have escaped. Let alone to commit like, murder again. Yeah. Almost makes you think, like, is he one of them? Yeah. Possibly. Um, I'm pretty sure those suspicions were starting to be had as well. Because um, having committed two murders in less than an hour... um. That's weird, suspicious. 
Um, a part of Catherine's dress was also taken by the killer and because they had noticed it was like ripped away and not found. And then that missing part of her dress. Um, okay, wait, let me rephrase that. A part of Catherine's dress was taken by the killer and ripped away and they had wondered where it had gone gone because they didn't find any pieces of like ripped dress around but then it was found at about 2 55 a.m in the doorway of wentworth model dwellings um there was blood on the apron which was the part of the dress and it looked like a knife had been like wiped clean on it and it was the only clue that jack the ripper ever left behind at any of the scenes I see. That makes sense. And it kind of, it also showed like where he went after the murder. Like clearly he had gone to hide up in these apartment buildings and had accidentally left a piece behind as he was trying to like clean up a little bit. Um, and since he went looking for a home or dwelling to go into, it suggested heavily of what the police had already been believing was that he was a local man like some not somebody who had traveled there like somebody who knew where to go knew the streets and lived in the area because it was all so localized and just within a couple blocks of each other um he had also strangled elizabeth um and she was deceased before he slit her throat which would prevent the blood from spraying since she was like already dead so if he were wearing a coat he could have simply like buttoned it up to conceal any like blood underneath and quickly like go down an alleyway to like wipe his hands clean or something um because yeah since she was uh, already dead it wouldn't create that much of a mess of like mutilating her afterwards that's so weird that he strangled her first. Yeah. It's... I don't I don't really understand that. And it seemed like he spent more time. I mean, people actually saw him talking to her. Mhm. So it seemed like he spent more time with her like face to face directly. Yeah. It is also like usually they were found dead by like a blunt hit, not strangulation so that was also different um, i wonder if it was just like one of those things where one like he didn't want her to like make a sound mm -hmm. and he couldn't act fast enough with his knife or something yeah very possible um and then in Catherine's case he had also taken her left kidney her kidney was gone did not see it. Did not find it. Um, so that's another surgical element. And also, she was the second murder of the night. And he took the time to do that. That's just, like, bizarre to me. Of, like, where's the time coming from, for one thing? And that you would have the guts to do that. When people are bound to be looking for you tonight already. It's just crazy. And once again, like, the kidney is not an easy organ to steal, to just mm -hmm. take out. Like, it's kind of further back there. There's organs in front of it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not just, like, right there, like, for, I don't know, to easily be grabbed. Yeah. Just why? I mean. Super weird. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. The police were correct in um, thinking that the apron, like the portion of her dress that was found was not at that dwelling at about 2.20 a.m. Because apparently somebody had been up there and didn't see any portion of the dress there. Um, then that means the murderer had lingered in the area for about 35 minutes to an hour during that time that the police were fanning out the area and questioning people and it's possible he was there and 
they just didn't spot him or something that it's just weird how the timing of all of this is happening um and there was also above on the wall above where the dress was found the little message was written the jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing so now there's also this like anti-semitic message that has popped up at the scene of the crime which is not helpful to the unrest that's already happening with that what if this the first one was a copycat jack the ripper Mm -hmm. and then the second one was actually jack the ripper because that second one makes more sense him taking stealing an organ it mm-hmm. going more quickly. It was not done from strangulation. Yeah. And usually and there was no there was no evidence. Whereas the other guy had a piece of her dress, wrote a note on a wall. All this other strangled her, had like it wasn't necessarily following the MO. Yeah. And these murders happened like back to back. What if it was just a coincidence? There was a copycat plus. That would be insane. That what are the yeah. odds of that happening? I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah, that's it's true mm-hmm. that like it's very unlikely. But I mean, all this sounds extremely unlikely. I know that's the thing. Yeah, everything sounds like no way that can't be that can't have happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't it was know. just picking up in the media, so like. So copycats could have been coming out a little bit more. Right. Especially with the letters being probably like most of them were fake. Like people just being, I want to be scary, which letters and actually killing somebody are a big step. But, you know, there are people doing weird crap like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So then I don't know why. Because that message doesn't make sense to me. Because why is he even saying that? I mean, it. It just yeah. sounds like somebody trying to stir the pot, to exactly. be honest. Yeah. Kind of just trying to, like, change the trail, change the direction of where they think it is or who they think it is, something like that. Yeah, like someone with their own theories just trying to add in on, on the drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Metro police wanted to very quickly remove that message because they did not want to stir up any more anti-Semitism uh, thoughts or hate, and they wanted to prevent a riot. But the city police wanted to wait and photograph it as evidence. But Metro was really trying to convince them to at least erase the words like the Jews at the beginning of the message because they were trying to keep that like hate down Uh, i can see both sides i know right exactly it's rough and it would be a tough call for sure because you know that would definitely spark something which you don't want but also it could be evidence which you don't want to ruin or contaminate yeah Uh, when sir charles warren arrived at the scene to find the two um districts district police like fighting and bickering about it he declared the message to be erased immediately to prevent any further hate crimes and the writing he observed looked very old and faded anyway so he's like this has been here a very long time this is not a new message that was just quickly scrawled on the wall so they considered it to not be actual evidence for the case anyway huh yeah so but we'll never know we'll never know for sure. But it was they did photograph it. Um well no they didn't. No they didn't because back then it would have taken forever to set up a camera and take it. Um probably needed the right lighting. Yeah. So they there, there's nothing to show like what it looked like, but it was written down in their evidence that um they don't believe it was written by the murderer they think it was just already there by somebody else so it's conflicting 
I mean, I do believe idea. that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't really believe that that was Jack the Ripper because it just doesn't seem like. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. That, like up until like, now, he hasn't addressed that at all. So, yeah. Why would he? Yeah. So, I mean, but also, you can't trust this guy to be like, oh, that that's old writing anyway. Well, how do you know this? Why wasn't it washed off earlier then? Like, yeah. why are we so concerned about it being on the wall right now? If it's old, then why not leave it up for a couple more hours anyway? Right. Well, yep. So it was yeah. washed away. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. Um, oh, and then after this murder, another letter. That was like the saucy Jack letter surfaced. And it was basically like, oh, I didn't have time at Catherine's murder to take the ears like I said I was going to. Her ears were cut, but they were still there. So like in the the Dear Boss letter, he had said, oh, I'm going to take a lady's ears next time. And so this next letter addressed that. Like, oh, I didn't have time to do it. I'm like, "Mm, well, you had time to take a kidney. So yeah, exactly. That's the thing. What is that? Um, but but her kidneys gone. <laughs> Literally, mm. ears are a little bit easier to take than a kidney. Yeah, are you kidding me? Are you kidneying me? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> that's so. But that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't have time to take her ears, <laughs> so I just settled for the kidney. So but that is also. A reason why they think that letter might actually be from the murderer because it addresses um, things that actually happened um, mm. <clears throat> in like during the crime and whatnot, and two letters that reference each other, so they might be connected. Um, but again, none of the letters were ever confirmed to definitely be from the murderer. Um, <clears throat> which leads to the incident with Mr. Lusk. So George Lusk was a constable who was very often in the press because his patrol route was a spot of one of the murders. And he was also president of a vigilance committee in the area. So he was constantly like in the press, like giving tips of like how you can protect yourself, what you should be on the look for, blah, blah, blah. And people, like, knew his face. And mysterious strangers started to approach him in public, asking for a private audience with him. And he was kind of suspicious of everybody, so he always said no. Like, if we're going to talk, we're going to talk in public, whoever you are. No. And he started to fear for his safety. And uh, this weird stranger approached him and started asking a lot of questions about his vigilance committee, like, Oh, what's your route? What's your, um, what times are you going to be meeting? What's your strategy? Blah, blah, blah. And he started to get suspicious of this person that they wanted that information for dubious reasons, perhaps. And on October 12th, George Lusk received a letter that said, I write to you in black ink as I have no more of the right stuff, implying it's not written in red ink because he has no blood or whatever. Mm. Um, I think you are all asleep in Scotland Yard with your bloodhounds, as I will show you tomorrow night, Saturday. I am going to do a double event, but not in Whitechapel. Got rather too warm there, had to shift. No more till you hear me again, Jack the Ripper. So... Now this man is getting um, weird letters and yeah, okay. But again, and it references a double event which just happened like two weeks before. So it's interesting that that would happen again possibly and it doesn't really happen again that we know of maybe it did but yeah um and on the 15th of october um a man comes in 
to or a man asks for George Lusk's address to a woman who was displaying his vigilance committee flyer on a shop window. And she declined to give him this um, Lusk's exact address, but told him the street that he lived on. Um, She's kind of a dum-dum. I wouldn't have done that. But If you're not going to get the address, why would you go and give the street then? Yeah. And um, the very next day, he got a package addressed to him by name that had his street on it, but not his house number. So it's like it's from this person who couldn't get an exact address, but knew the street. Um, And the parcel contained a kidney and another (gasps) letter. Yeah. Um, And the letter was addressed are said to have come from hell. And it says, Mr. Lusk, sir, I send you half the kidney I took from one woman, preserved it for you, the other piece I fried and ate. And it was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out. If only... This is written. I'm, like, reading it as it's written, and it's very, like, broken up. Um, If you only... Wait a little longer. Signed, catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. And he immediately sent it to a doctor, and the doctor confirmed it was a human kidney that had was being preserved with wine. Um, and they could tell it was a kidney that belonged to a drinker, so it was immediately suspected to be Catherine's, possibly because she was a drunk. Mm-hmm. Um uh, however, the handwriting for this letter was completely different from another the other ones, and nothing could forensically link the kidney to 100% be sure that it was Catherine's. Um, because okay, they but just... also, uh, who else has human kidneys lying around? Like, Well, <laughs> yeah. Has um, anyone reported of missing a kidney? <laughs> literally. But... It's ultimately believed that this was like a sick prank from a medical student who could have had access to that. So, what? Yeah. Which I'm like, I don't know. At what point is it just like, this has to be a, like, I don't know. This is, this not is a, driving not me nuts. It's I like know. the things that, I, the clues that I think are legit are not being taken as seriously and then the clues that like that i don't think are that serious are the ones that are like oh this is this gotta be him Mm -hmm. it's so weird and there's just so many theories on every level i know and the way the police are like so sure oh it's nothing but a prank when it seems so damning to us you know and i mean that i feel like I mean, how many bodies were really being – there has to be some type of record of people that have been uh, recently autopsied to be able to, like, I don't know, know like, narrow that down. Yeah. They, I mean, you would think. You'd think. Yeah. <laughs> what a bizarre – and see, that's the thing, though, is he didn't sign it, Jack the Ripper. No, didn't. And so that's another reason why I almost think it might be him because he's not playing into that. He's more so like, look what I got. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, and and I also think that's really weird that he's saying he fried it up and ate it because for some reason that hasn't crossed my mind at all that that's what he's doing. Yeah. But that could be some bizarre ritualistic thing he's doing. And just hasn't made that known. Related to his hatred towards women. Mm-hmm. And, Not like, true. he's just doing his own thing. Yeah. Like, nothing other than that letter ever gave an impression of cannibalism. But, yeah. Definitely. Like, could possibly... There's so much we don't know that it's definitely... I wouldn't rule it out with the savagery that it is. It is, you know. Yeah, that is so bizarre. Yeah. Um. 
So the doctor, Dr. Openshaw, who confirmed the kidney was human, then got his own letter. Um, He was sent a letter after that that said, old boss, you was right. It was the left kidney. I was going to operate again so close to your hospital just as I was going to drive my knife along the bloomin' throat. Them cussers of coppers spoiled my game, but I guess I will be on the job soon and will send you another bit of innards. Jack the Ripper. And then it said, oh, have you seen the devil with his microscope and scalpel a-looking at a kidney with a slide? This was, again, really, really weird. That's weird. Yeah. Weird language. It's just weird. It is. And the way it's, like, spelled is so bad, too. Uh, it took I had to, like, read this a couple times to, you know, understand it. Um, this letter was, again, thought to be a prank and nothing more. Um, they're really leaning towards, like, jackass medical students with these incidents. So this one now has a lot of misspelled words where before it didn't. Yeah. And then this one also has a lot of um Yeah, it just it, that one is the handwriting similar? Um I'm not sure. I don't know about the handwriting from this. And he signs it Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Whereas in the other one he didn't. Some of them are not, some of them are. Yeah. Yeah, this is just people messing. What's going on? Yeah. Ah, that is so <laughs> annoying. Why do people have to hinder an investigation like this? Yeah. It just shows you how many messed up people there are that don't like actually like have the that have the courage to like kind of stir the pot or like everyone wants to have like some involvement somewhere. Yeah. And they are that messed up in the head where they're thinking these thoughts. But these people aren't the ones acting on it. But it just shows you how many people have those scary thoughts. Mm-hmm. Who are <laughs> willing and able to do this. Like, that's messed right. up. Right. So the biggest belief by the police at this time, based on Sir Robert Anderson's memoirs, that he wrote about this case. And he was the assistant commissioner at the time. Um, It was basically the belief of the entire police force that these letters were from London journalists who were trying to make a story for their own gain. So he also named a particular journalist, Tom Bulling, um, who would get a lot of privileges from Scotland Yard. So he was like the number one per- or performer, um, reporter who had an in with the police. And they thought it was him um, because apparently Bullen, he claimed to have been sent letters as well that said things like, I must get to work tomorrow, trouble event this or triple event this time yes three will be ripped i'll send you a bit of face by post um so now the police are like well this is journalists making up crap because now journalists are saying they're getting letters and they could completely be making all of it up just to try and get themselves a story they need to make this like just as illegal i mean maybe not just as but very, very close. Like, a lot of jail time for mm-hmm. hindering an investigation like this. Like, people yeah. are dying, and reporters are just trying to get their own – are lying, potentially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I bet if there was – if there was more of a threat to these people that are doing this, then they'd stop doing it. Right. I, I mean, presenting false evidence, that's basically, like, perjury you know i know it's a little it's a little different like lying under oath you're not under oath but like you should it should be a felony because that's just terrible why would you want to do such a thing it should be hardcore jail time and it should be like i mean depending on like the crime that they are um hinder i keep on saying that word but i can't think of another one hindering on mm-hmm. um, the investigation of like it should really depend on that, <laughs> the yeah. severity of it. Um, so, I, 
again, close to, I think I mentioned this last time, but I'll just say it again. Close to 700 letters would be recorded in relation to the Ripper. None are confirmed as being actually from the killer because there's just no way to know. And that is a lot. So they could be from like, obviously they have to be from many, many, many different people with handwriting being different and everything. It's just an insane amount. Uh, Why? 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 (laughs) People suck. People are the worst, actually. Yeah, Yeah, people suck. (laughs) Even then. Um, Okay. Well, I think I'll stop it there. And then part three, we'll get into the last of the canonical five murders. And then there are some, a few other Whitechapel murders that happen after that. And then the list of suspects of the top suspects, we'll say. Oh my gosh. Um, I just feel like we're barely even scraping the surface here. I know there's still a lot. Uh, Actually, I'm actually going to have to try and squeeze a lot. And part three might be long either just, long or say that now do a part four <laughs> yeah like, no matter what we'll see this is just um, so i i mean there's just so much on jack the ripper it's yeah it's crazy so much yeah it's a lot. because it most of them like mo- most of the time it's like you can you can kind of see the mental illness you can kind of see the why i don't know something mm-hmm. This you cannot rationalize whatsoever. It's just like constant WTF moments nonstop. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Everybody's acting up too. Like people just need to chill. The public sucks. Everything. Everything's bad. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Emily, for doing all that research. Of course. I am very excited to hear next week's. Me too. (laughs) I wonder what it'll be. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, on that note, I'm Casey. I'm Emily. And you just heard Macabre Minds. <laughs>